What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Middlecoff! Hey, me, hey! Well, here we are, John. Here we yes, are. Yes, we're here. <laughs> uh, I had somebody uh, DM me. I won't... Uh, listener whose name I won't... Uh, might be a restaurant that sells a Haberman and Middlecoff pizza. Uh, which you should definitely start buying again. Uh, although it's maintained one of the top sellers. DM me was like, I don't Niners Niners shows after losses. I don't know if I can listen to that. And I'm like, no, no, no. I do, do not do not have that attitude, people. We will continue to produce must hear content. Niners just got to win four in a row, John, and they're in the playoffs. Like some Kyle Shanahan is, is said. Is this a West Coast thing? Why, why do Niners I don't know why it's so soft? I, I don't because that is not true. I know it's not true in New England, Philadelphia, Washington, New York. Honestly, I think sometimes losing for them is not better, but equally as good. I, I think like a 7-9 and nine season is just kind of meh. Like you either want to be 11, but they don't mind being 5-7 and seven and headed for a top 10 draft. No, they, like people got some opinions. Absolutely. Blood in the street N- sells. Niner fans will just, I don't know, go listen to like a Gordon Ramsay uh, pump up well, uh, podcast. I, I, actually got, I actually got one thing Matt was like, if you guys could do some... Uh, Maybe some hot stove or some Steph, like he was being funny. But I'm like, well, yeah, actually, Steph is a story, so we'll talk about Curry. But I don't think we've got any hot stove in us today. Well, I, I got a quick take on hot stove. Yeah, The hot stove is dead. When free agency opens and it just goes on for months and months and months and best players don't sign, part of being a hot stove, like the NFL to me is hot stove. Free agency kicks off and it fucking goes 0-60 to 60 in three days. And guys are signing left and right. Trades are happening left and right. And it all happens. I I, I turn on MLB Network. I'm sure you do too. I like their their content's great. Their people are really good. Guy, they have their nothing to talk great. about. Well, yeah. It, it It is a disaster the way the economics and just the league is set up for free agency. I don't know if it's anyone's fault necessarily. But like hot stove is dead. Well, it's everyone is waiting on each other, and so nobody makes any moves, right? It'll be like, well, it just 
if DJ LeMahieu signs, then maybe George Springer will sign. It's like, well, cool. When's DJ going to sign? Like, well, we'll see. Maybe January. Well, well, didn't free agency start five days after the World Series? Like, it's been going for a long time. Maybe it was a little later this year because of the corona. But I think the winter meetings, which is what's happening, that's where the quote-unquote, that's what the hot stove usually is because everyone's together, right? And it's time to make deals. But now is everyone, no one's gathering in Brian Sabian's box. Sweet, sorry. And and, and I think we've learned that it doesn't happen that way anymore. Like, it's over. It's kind of sad, honestly. It's hurt the sport. Like, part of of the sport is when there's big-time action. Yeah. There's no more big-time action. Yeah, well... I mean, Trevor Bauer. There are some pretty good players available this yeah, year. Yeah, but what, what are, these guys aren't going to sign until fucking No, no, I understand. I, I'm making a separate point. There are just are some good, like, LeMahieu, Real Muto, Bauer, Springer. Yeah, they'll sign, you know, probably a first week of the regular season. I mean, Bryce Harper last year signed in the middle of camp. One thing I read was that last time he signed, LeMahieu had to wait till like, mid-January. doesn't want to do that again. So maybe he does sign a little quicker this year, and well, let's get pen to the paper, buddy. Yeah, let's let, let's get Trevor Bauer that two hundred million. The White Sox, John, sneaky coming together. Lance Lynn. Well, that's what bullpen. I'm saying. I was driving. I text you like a couple weeks ago. I was driving home to my mom's house the night before Thanksgiving, so that's about two weeks ago now. And flip on KMBR, and it was like hot stove Wednesday night. Like a, a hot stove is just as like a four month dinner. <laughs> yeah, know? I mean yeah, it's just. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. We don't. 2020. We don't have the attention span. No. Uh, w- one thing I read, and this really gets me fired up, John. It'll be the busiest Rule Five draft in years. So cool. Just everybody hang tight on on that Rule Five. You know. Yeah. Fun. T- fun times. Just got to explain to everybody what a Rule Five draft is. Uh, all right. Podcast brought to you by Ease, baby. Promo code Ham. E. Yep. E A Z E dot com. Promo code Ham for our first time users. I'm sure many of you guys are like, John, we've already used the code. I'm like, well, then use HAM10 and tell people that haven't used the code to use the code. We got Christmas. You can send gifts, get some flowers, get some pre-rolls, get some vapes, get some topicals, get some sleeping aids. You know, it's not easy to fall asleep after the Niners, you know, so you don't get their ass kicked. This is just you a might Niners need a podcast, help. though. Let's also make that clear, you know. Yeah, ease.com, promo code AM. Uh, I did get a DM. Because we were trying to think of all the holiday ease, uh, ease holidays coming up. This is from uh, Brendan. He said, yo, hey, behaves. Sounded like you guys needed some help on the Christmas ease puns. So I've got a few for you. How about happy Kronika? That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Happy holidays. That's pretty good. Have That's a Mary good. Jane Christmas. That's damn good. And for our friends from the Great White North, hot boxing day. That's, That's, That's not bad good. either. Well Ease.com, promo code HAM. Go check out the website if you're interested. You got to get in the game. And do it on us. Uber eats the weed. They deliver it right to your house. It's a pretty incredible. You just walk outside. The dude's there. He hands you a bag. It's basically like picking up when you order a salad or a burger. It's the same thing except with uh, edibles, pre-rolls, vapes, you name it. Whatever you order and want to put in your little baggie. Yep. It's great. Get a little deal on us. Yeah. By the way, side note, start DMing us your favorite restaurants to get takeout again. Let's push some product. Um, right. Podcast also brought to you by mybookie.ag promo code ham one mybookie.ag promo code ham and the number one we were telling you all last week it makes no sense how the Niners are small underdogs and then favorites turned out we were right about that which we'll get to hated to be right about it John but we were mybookie.ag promo code ham and the number one I have already bet 
the Raiders plus two and a half this week against the Colts. Seems bold. I I, I don't know if I touch that game. I I got to acknowledge that I live bet Tony Finau. <laughs> this is sick. I mean, I'm Wait, Mike when? What? Uh Sunday he was like one back. You get him ten to one odds. I'm like he's gonna Hovland. He's right on his heels. Live bet him a uh, uh, ten to one, so I put a hundred bucks to win a thousand. He's one back. The very next shot, wow. par three, like 170 yards. He hits it in the fucking water. Yeah. I'm like, this is why I never live bet. But the great part is, guy, mybookie.ag, you can live bet. And because uh, sometimes I'm struggling with football, I need someone else to bet. And golf's really the only thing I feel remotely comfortable doing. Uh, you and I both had this Bills Niners. It was just a red flag. But it was a how about the game before that you could only either watch if you lived in Pittsburgh or Philly or uh, illegally streamed it like we did. You could get the Redskins, or excuse me, the Washington football team. Uh, you know, that's pretty good odds. I think it was like three to one, just the money line. And obviously, they were like plus six. We were talking about it last night on the live stream. A dude bet $500,000. I thought he was nuts because the Steelers were up. Fourteen to nothing. Wait a second. And then all he of a sudden, bet five hundred thousand dollars or one. No, some so, no some guy on FanDuel right at like minus one hundred five put five hundred thousand dollars on Washington plus six. So he got back. Gotcha. You know, four ninety five or whatever. Wow. So he turned five hundred thousand dollars into nine hundred and ninety five thousand dollars. That's the way I tend to look at it. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's wow. Because sometimes, like, for example, the golf bet, which are always really extreme odds, unlike football, which a, mo- a good money line, when you feel good, or like two to one. When I look at a golf bet, if you put $100 down and you win 1000 I basically just turn my 100 into 10x. Like, you just, yep. I mean, that's literally what the odds are, but yeah. it's hard to beat that. That's why you like golf, you're saying, because the upside is so big. You want to yeah, win Yeah, but it's big. way, it's, it's, because it's way harder in football to feel good about like a four to one underdog, you're like oh, this is insane because most times they don't, and the the value on that on, in football is on the team getting like 10, 11 points. Like I love the Jaguars when they're getting ten points, right? Not when they're getting six, whatever they're getting this week. Yeah, and just not on the money line, even though you're watching the game, they end up losing by two, but the money the money line loses because no. they lose. That's right. That's the bottom line. It's losing teams yeah. lose. I got bad news for Robert Sala, John. What's Martha Ford was watching the game? Well, turns out Martha Ford gave, uh, you know, like control power to her daughter last year. And her daughter definitely stayed up to watch Monday Night Football. Well, so if Martha's 90, her daughter is not like our age, right? She's probably 50 to 60. Uh, to me, <laughs> one, I. Listen, I, I was told by a person in the league he thought Robert Sala was a lock. And I think if you watch the Rams game, you go, he's kicking their ass. And as you've said, and it's so true, and there's a reason they own them, the, they own the Rams. Like, it's just every once in a while when you're here, one of the pitchers we grew up on, and it'll be like John Smoltz or Randy Johnson. And they'd be like, who owned you? And they'd be like, you know. Tony Gwynn. I, yeah, but even if it was just a kind of a random oh, guy. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, like an above average. Like, you know, Ken Caminetti who's, again, a good player, he hit 700 off me. I, I could those. not get him out. Yeah. And I bet John McVay and Jared Goff would be like, fuck, the Niners just... But whenever the Niners play someone else, especially this year, that Robert Sala... Like, last night was... I don't know any way other around it besides... It was kind of an embarrassment defensively. Not because they lost, but because of the way they lost. Guys, and it wasn't just... It'd be one thing, you know, guy, Diggs had two, 20 catches, they couldn't stop him. It was other guys that that at 13 I didn't know much about. 
Cole Beasley is a good player. He was doing, he looked like Wes Welker in his prime. Those guys, it was, the way I described it, Harbaugh had the game back in the day against Arizona. Pat Hill lived for these games. It's why one time at the Combine, when I saw the Harbaugh's came into the Eagle Suite to see Andy, Harbaugh, or, uh, yeah, the Harbaugh's were in Andy's suite. They all hugged. Pat Hill was walking by, peeks in, sees them all. The first guy to greet Pat was Jim. Like, Pat! And it's just, they because they, they think about football the same way. And they live to run power 10 straight times down someone's throat. Because in, not in theory, in reality, when you run it just down someone's throat late in the game when you have the lead, it takes the soul from them. It's a way to demoralize a team. You rarely see, like, the Chiefs, don't always demoralize the team when they're just throwing touchdowns. They're just kind of having fun. I thought the Bills last night demoralized the Niners with the pass, which is like a, it was like a soul snatching of, you know, we're just going to run curls and outs and we're going to get such easy first downs. It's going to be a pitch and catch. It's going to be a joke. And we're doing it over and over and over again. And as Greasy was saying, like, Guys are just running the same little curl route, and the guy's wide open because you know what? They know this defense. Because this defense now, the Seattle cover three defense, let's be real, Seattle hasn't been good for a long time. Uh, Dan Quinn just got shit-canned. Gus Bradley failed miserably as a head coach in Jacksonville, and he's now in with the Chargers, and their defense isn't very good. Like, it is the book on the basics of the defense is kind of out. And Sala, when he has an all-star cast – can overcome it like the Seattle did back in the day when he just has a good defense. Or can I add night, something to that? Or when he plays a team like part of this is right. Jared Goff is not Jared Goff and the Rams. Just yeah, you have their number and it's kind of Cancun twice a year when you play them. But they did look good the week before against that team, right? Yes. No, it works against certain teams, and when it's on, it works. Yeah. But for the most part, when you go to me now against mobile quarterbacks, and I bet if we really looked. Seattle was really good. And mobile quarterback, there just weren't as many in the league. But mobile quarterbacks, like the evidence is in, the Niners have no chance against mobile quarterbacks. That was with, you know, Bosa and those guys. Like they were get those guys gave them real trouble, guys that could move. Now you see their defense isn't quite as good. It's still solid. They get destroyed. You know why? Because the Niners don't adjust on defense. Their mindset and Robert Sala's mindset is we do what we do. And part of the defensive line, and I saw it with the Eagles with the wide nine, and this guy, Chris Kosorek, their defensive line coach, you know who his mentor was? Jim Washburn. You know kind of what the concept is? The wide nine, one gap up the field. It's just go up the field, get the quarterback. It's why you can get gashed on quick runs, and the Bills did it a couple times early in the game where you just hand it off to the guy really quick and he just shoots up. But it's where you really get gashed with a mobile quarterback because the defensive ends are beelining up the field. And if you just kind of run around, the only guys to consistently chase the mobile quarterbacks for the Niners, you notice, are defensive tackles because they're kind of in there and they just, but the, the defensive ends are, you know, in Timbuktu. And and that that's where I go like last night. You know you're playing a mobile quarterback who can have unreal games. Last night might have been the best game of his career, but it's really talented. That's where Belichick or a really good coach would be like, you know, this is what we do. But tonight, let's instead of going 15 yards up the field and chasing the quarterback like it's Jared Goff and he can't run anywhere, let's take two or three steps, stop, and just get a feel for where everyone is. But that's not what the Niners do when they consistently get worked in situations like that. 
Yeah, I mean, this guy was 11 of 18. Now, they they did win the game against the Patriots. He've ha- he's had this game a few times. Like, I do think if I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit, is part of it is he might be one of the – I mean, he is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And these mobile quarterbacks that can throw and make decisions on the move like him and Kyler and Russ, they just – they fuck everybody's shit up, by and large. But they, right? did, but they didn't give themselves a chance just doing what we do. Like, yeah, I mean, no not chance. with the offense they have. Right, Kyle even said after but, the game, like we thought this might have to turn into the Saints game. Like teams score thirty four points on teams. Like that's that is part of the NFL in twenty twenty, right? And you just sometimes you got to score thirty eight to win, and that's what last night's game. Like we talked I'd say about if we this look ahead back of time. on like Josh Allen's yeah, a but game, I, but they were not going to beat Josh Allen's. A game. No, but I'd say the Niners probably don't win that game if Jimmy and Kittle are there. Like you get thirty four scored on you, it's really hard to win that game. Like you could lose thirty four to thirty one. Yeah, I'd give them a better chance. Like clearly, I thought they. They made a. Guy, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't punt till three minutes left in the game. I mean, it's hard to. Well, win the Niners only way. punted twice. Like the Niners just had some situations where they, I thought, moved the ball at times better. Now the last touchdown, but their offense. This is the problem with this is a whole different conversation, which is about Mullins, right? Which is like, oh, but you were so close in a few spots. Like, yeah, Brian Greasy said it, right? You pay quarterbacks for red zone and third downs. Like that's, you shouldn't. That's what we talked. You shouldn't win this game with Mullins because it might have to look like that. Yeah, to me, I, question, I, I have no, I have no issue with taking the L. It's just the way they took the L in the defense that had no shot. And as the game went on, it I was think everyone's a, it watching. It was one like, of their worst performances, yeah. Do they have any other pitches? Do they going to do anything else? And it's like, no, the same thing, the same thing. And then Brian Greasy, who is a pretty like understated analyst, he's not like some hot take guy, he basically is just like, guys, they're running the same curl route every single play against that coverage. You know why? The Niners run the same coverage over and over. And Richard... Love Sherm, but he's been adamant the last decade. Like, we just do what we do in this defense. Yeah, well, it, it worked when you had Earl and Cam and Michael Bennett, but you can't just do what you do when you don't have as much talent. Because you know why, guy? The majority of NFL games, the majority of the Bills, too, you're going to just be missing some players. You're just not going to be at full strength. Yeah. And that's whether your team is an all-star team or just the New York Giants. So you have to kind of – you just got to have some different pitches. Like, hey – this play, we brought a nickel blitz. Just give them a different look. And I just, the Niners didn't do that. It's one They thing didn't do it much. And when series. they did blitz, it did not go well. But to me, the coverages were clearly, the, the Bills knew every single coverage. Because the guys were, and you, you had a tweet with a chick jumping up and down like the middle of a golf course. It was like, guys. It, it, so open. It's one thing some contest. How many contested catches were there for the Bills last night? Uh... That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, you had you had the first drive, the throw to Knox in the end zone that was a contested incompletion. There were only eight incompletions for Josh Allen. He was an eight. There were definitely passer. multiple busted coverages with guys wide open. Right, they let it two. They let it touchdowns. It was just an embarrassing yeah. moment for to me. It's I like the guy. He's an impressive guy. It was not something Sal was hoping a lot of people watched, and clearly they did because it's Monday Night Football. Yeah, and especially when you start doing the "Is he going to be a head coach?" conversation again, which fired up. You know, Sherman kind of fired it back up recently. Now, part of that was, to his credit, the defense had been, the defense had been keeping him in some games, right? In in a lot of games, the defense has been at times the strength of the team. But I think we're looking at this game specifically is, well, they got another guy that's being viewed as a future head coach, right? Brian Dable getting a lot of buzz. Like Sala, opposite head coaches. That unit is your baby. Like Sala, like you got to really put your stamp on it. Like Sala, like you've helped resurrect some careers. Well, you get more credit. I just, the reality of football right now is when you 
take a quarterback who everyone viewed like, yeah, he's really talented, but God, he's a risk, kind of create that guy because we know that the head coach isn't doing it. And then you just see the two schemes, and it's just like, you. Got, I'm throwing blows, and you got no clue where they're coming from. Like, that was a big game for Brian Dayball. I watched that game for Brian Dayball going, that type stuff translates. And a lot of people tweeted at me last night, well, this same thing happened with Stefanski and Sala on the opposite when Sala kicked his ass. And, I, and here's my pushback. We know for a fact what Stefanski runs. Kyle scheme, McVay scheme, LaFleur scheme. That works. We, have, we 100% know it. We have evidence now that Salah's scheme, like what he's known for, consistently doesn't work over time unless you have a stacked roster. It does not work. It just doesn't. Like Pete Carroll is a, it's Pete Carroll's defense. Their defense has been laughable. Well, it was one I of mean, other, laughable one of Josh for four or five years. Best games this year. I mean, he's had three incredible games Miami, Seattle, the Niners. So one of his other best games came against Seattle. Don't you think teams want to play these defense, that defense? Because clearly the book is out. Especially on if it. you don't have Nick Bosa, right? If you don't have Cam Chancellor, if you don't have that group, yeah. And especially if you're a mobile quarterback, the, I, you know I didn't even say the Chargers. The Chargers, for example, Gus Bradley have a lot better players when they're all healthy, and they kind of get consistently like they play in some shootouts. They do. It's just it it is there to be had for big plays, right? It, because you know one thing, it's not dependent on is fast corners because they think they can zone it up. And it's just, I think you see it last night. So many teams now have just, and the Niners are a good example too, just big time speed at, at wide receiver. So it's like, oh, we just got these zone corners. And then you got the Iukes and 13 for the Bills and the Chiefs guys and all. Just look at the Broncos. They got Hamler and Judy. It's like, Jesus, it's like, uh, it's like race cars flying around. It's like just zone, just play your play your spot. <laughs> it's like okay, uh, I got KJ Hamler running a four two across me. And, I'm just sitting in my area, and my quarterback can just extend the play, right? And he can throw a bullet once he finds a guy that has a sliver open. Yeah, yeah it's just I, I look look at it the other way. If if the Niners had just lost or won the game, thirteen to ten or fourteen to seven, what would we be saying about Robert Sala today? Like wow, like the yeah. momentum would only be building in the uh, Michigan legislature, right? For him to be the Lions' next coach, I my my, my thing is how I'm the Lions, and I take a big time look back. We did just hire a defensive guy. I'm with you. I who who his technically his defense. I don't think the like, Lions was Patricia's sense. defense. I don't think they now do he might be a head coach. Joe Judge got a job. He you know Joe Judge was a special teams coordinator. So if Joe Judge can interview impressively, Robert Sala can interview impressively. But, but I think part of the deal with the Judge and even Floor is like, what do you guys do like? We do whatever we have to That's do true. on a given week. That's true. That is the New England thing. Yep. Like, what's your guy's scheme? Whatever. We know they don't Joe Judge well, wanted to change the offensive line scheme. Was willing to fight for it. Was willing to die for it, John. No, yeah. I know. I'm just saying, like, Detroit doesn't, to me, doesn't make any sense because they've had a defensive coach. Well, think about what Saul's two best qualities are going to be. One, he's a leader of men. And that's a big thing. That is a big thing with football, like being a leader. And two, not his defense. It's the coordinator he's going to bring with him. Oh, I'm bringing uh, Lafleur's little brother from Kyle. Okay, so that guy's really good. He's gone, right? That's his best. His arguably second best thing he's bringing to the table. If it goes well, will not be there long, <laughs> right? Right. So it's just it, that's where to me, I just I, I still get back to uh, you can't be pigeonhole yourself like we're only going to go offense. 
But if all things being equal, I just think the Day Balls, the Arthur Smiths, any guys we're not even talking about, Ebianemy are going to get the benefit of the doubt when they go, I can mold the quarterback. And the guy goes, well, ideally we're going to have a 30 to $40 million quarterback. Like I'd need that guy to be able to. A year, like, yeah. If I come into the Eagles and go, I can save Carson Wentz. Not, you know, I really think Fletcher Cox underachieved this year. <laughs> I was like, can you save Carson Wentz? Right. Can you get the best out of Jared Goff? Can you get Jimmy Garoppolo going? Can you get, what are we going to do with Matt Stafford? Like, that's the number one. Like, what are we doing with Matt Stafford? Right? What can, hey, can, hey, I think Matt Ryan still has a couple good years left in him. Right? Or, hey, if I'm the Houston Texans, I can build this bad boy around Deshaun Watson. Like, that, yeah, it is. Let's, Justin Herbert's on a trajectory. Let's make sure we, we keep him on that trajectory. Right? Let's make sure he doesn't turn into Carson Wentz. Yeah. Because all these teams that have jobs are either going to be in the mix for a top quarterback in the draft, have a veteran quarterback on a big contract, or have a, you know, potentially the Eagles have a quarterback problem. Yeah. It's all quarterback central, not like, what kind of schemes are we running in the back end on defense? I got news for you. I don't give a shit. We'll figure that out later. Fix my quarterback. Yep. Or find my quarterback. Yeah. Is there a lesson in this year for Kyle Shanahan watching Josh Allen, watching, I mean, we've been watching Russell Wilson, seeing that his team doesn't struggle with Jared Goff, seeing we'll see him again, but Kyler Murray, I mean, feels like he's going to be given the division nightmares in the league for the next decade. Uh, seeing the way Monday Night Football turned out, I mean, is there a lesson in all this for Kyle? Seeing the way the Packers look, I know they played well against Aaron, but seeing the way the Packers look running his offense? I, I think there's a lesson just in the last three or four years in the NFL. If you don't have a top five or six talent in the league at quarterback, you have to go get it and do everything you can to get it. And the moment you give Jared Goff huge money, you limit your chances to build your team. And I have no problem giving a premium quarterback the max contract. I cannot give, like Baker Mayfield kind of feels like he's moving in the right direction. I can never give Baker Mayfield $35 million a year. Because the moment I do that, and I think the Browns and the Rams are really good examples. They're going to be double-digit win teams. They're going to be in the playoffs. They might win a playoff game or two. Like they're going to be, they're going to be tough outs. It's going to be hard for them to maintain what they have going on. The Rams specifically, like because they're so top-heavy, but their top, like their biggest contract is Jared, who we think is their worst good player. And the Browns have themselves a question, like, are we going to give Baker Mayfield a fifth-year option? Kyle, the last, like, four or five weeks, they were one and four. Russell killed him. Rodgers killed him. Josh Allen killed him. It's crazy him. because now, Mullins Russell- is off to this historic start in his career, John. I don't know if you saw that graphic. Why did I football? If you run a franchise, I can't pay. And I know it's like, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You got Baker Mayfield. Just... Take Stay in the middle lane. No, well, you just limit your ability. And I think the more and more you stay aggressive trying to get these top-end guys and taking flyers and moving up in the draft to be aggressive, you give yourself the opportunity to be a sustainable operation. Because when I watch out of the Bills on Monday Night Football, I, I've never felt stronger. Like, Lamar Jackson does, can't do that. For example, that draft class we've talked a lot about. Like, Josh Allen is the no-brainer pick in the NFL – in his draft class for the next decade. And it really just comes down to two guys. I know Baker has moments, but Baker's not talented like those guys. So I, I just, you have to find, and I think Kyle had to have learned this the last couple of years, 
Last year, he made the Super Bowl with an absolutely stacked roster. And his quarterback was making really good money, but it was like 80% of what a max quarterback. So you still had some wiggle room, but it was still a lot. But Jimmy played to that 80%, right? For the most part. He played to that contract and was fine. But the moment this year, it kind of went the other way. And you're like, I need him to play not 80%, but 90%. He couldn't do it. And then he gets injured. I just wonder if the way this season played out, and he's seen, because part of being his, Kyle just watches the quarterback right in front of him on the other team, has to be saying to himself, do we have to do like the two first rounders if we're drafting 12 to get up to get a guy that I really like? Yeah. Because you just, I, I don't think you can win consistently in the NFL. You can have a year like the Niners had. You can have a year, a couple years ago, like the Bears had when they go 12 and four, when all things go perfectly. But for the most part, you're just, the next year's going to go down. Yeah, I so two things. One, I do think it's different for different organizations at this juncture. You know, like the Niners were in the Super Bowl last year, so now just making the playoffs is great. I do think Kyle, if you give Kyle a semi-healthy team, uh, and he can clearly identify offensive talent, I I just think any every year that he's your coach, you're going to have a chance to win ten games, even if you have like a middle of the road quarterback. Just if you got a top, you know, like seventeen quarterback. He's going to give you a chance to win 10 games because he's that good. And he clearly, we can say, in the draft, I think we can trust him, especially with offense. He missed on Dante, but he's now nailed two receiver picks back-to-back, right? And clearly you can run the football. But like the Browns as an example, for the Browns paying Baker, I totally agree with what you're saying. Like if he doesn't turn into an elite quarterback, it's going to limit your ability. You're not going to be able to win a Super Bowl or win the AFC. But, John, they're about to win 10 games for the sixth time in our lifetimes. So, but see, I, I'm not talking about the Super Bowl. I'm just talking about consistently no, no, I getting to the I'm playoffs. Just, I get it. But what I'm saying is, with Stefanski, Baker might have a chance to just be a top 16 quarterback, solid every year, where his contract doesn't ultimately – it keeps you from being able to really go to the next level, but it doesn't hold you back from being a playoff team because I think Stefanski's pretty good. And maybe Baker can just kind of get – Baker's just going to have a chance. The one thing I'll say with him this year is the the – kind of noisy drama filled start to He's a been much more mature that we sure. thought Baker might have like frenetic it's kind of settled down because they got a solid coach solid organization his commercials are funny but you don't really see him beyond that so maybe that thing's kind of settling down I would but do you, before so you you would pick up Baker Mayfield's fifth year option yeah I just think they don't really have a choice and their organization's been so bad that it's just like look we yeah I would again I I, I think Baker Maybe I was a little low on him a month ago. He's probably like $20 million quarterback. The problem is you might have to pay him like I 38 I don't think he's a superstar. And so then you make that decision another time. But at this point, I think you just roll with what you got. And you go, look, our coach. maybe our coach can turn him into something that can win you a few playoff games. I, I think that possibility exists. The other thing, the, other, the only other thing from what you said that I would disagree with a little is I think it's probably you need a top 10 quarterback, not a top 5 quarterback. You need. You just need a really good player, and and, and I would say I don't the need a first ballot Hall of Famer. Are the Philip Rivers the really good players? Are the top ten, top twelve guys? Right, like even if we took Philip and Tom out because they're older, but you'd go Mahomes, Watson, Wilson, Josh Allen. I mean Rogers still obviously, Herbert, yeah. uh, Kyler, Burrow. I mean you would have put Wentz in that category a little while ago. I'll even leave Breeze out, and you know like that's. You need somebody in that Stafford, you know, top two Stafford. Yeah, even like yeah, a Stafford and Matt Ryan, like in their twenty-five to thirty-two range, right. right? Not maybe what Matt Ryan is now, but in the peak, 
but where do most of those guys go that you just listed in like the top five? Right. Yeah, that's the, what they the need. overwhelming majority of the names you listed are one, two, three rangy, right? Yep. Because I, I, I had a theory that I, second round quarterbacks I'm out on. I went through the list the last decade because it's a double whammy. The pressure that comes along with a second round quarterback, like I think you see with Elway with Drew Locke, is like he's going to be our franchise. His contract ends sooner. And usually he's in the second round for a reason, right? Like the you know the best case second round quarterbacks the last decade Derek. are Jimmy Garoppolo and Derek Carr. Yeah. De- but Derek, Most of, I would even say Derek's a little different, right? Because he is kind of uh, he feels to me more like a power five skill set than Jimmy. Yeah, and and, right? and we've talked about it before. If we just three or four years later that player goes in the first round, yeah. and it was still at a point in time like kind of an inflection point in the league that that is not the case anymore. So I, I I just if the Niners are going to get a quarterback that's going to be their future quarterback, it's going to be in the first round. It's not going to be in the second or third, in my opinion. I agree. Because also like or when you get them in the second round, I'll be very leery. Like well, every other team in the league passed on him, and we see how important quarterbacks are. So it's like this guy's not a blue chip talent. There's a decent chance he's not going to be good. And the other thing is we've seen Kyle draft a quarterback. Because you're right. Receiver, he's nailing guys. He can find running backs. Skill, tight ends, I have no issue with the skill guys. The offensive line, he can kind of scheme around. Like McGlinchy's McGlinchy, but like they can, he's not going to be a major issue. For, like they can scheme like around. They didn't McGlinchey. give up a sack on Monday night. Like they, it was. Exactly. I mean, he's just, he's not a great athlete, so it doesn't look great. The quarterback thing, like, we'll see. I mean, like he, last time he did draft, now it was his first year, he, it was CJ. Now, I, I, that's where I think, I hope. Being on the front line of being a head coach, I think you look differently as a coordinator because he was coming in that year as a coordinator. I would imagine if me and you just had some beers with him the moment like a week after the season, I bet he talked a lot differently about, you know, I've learned some things. This is what I need. And that would be human nature to talk like that, right? I, I see things through a much different lens. Think how different you and I talk about business stuff than we ever would when we were hosting a radio show now that we own this. It's just different the way you look. It's just it's human Very. nature when you move roles to just see things at a bigger perspective. And when you take ownership, literally when you own something, and kind of as a head coach, while you don't own the team, he is, he's as close to being a minority owner in the franchise as he you calls can get, the shots. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I also think, if you're to your point, like he's watching Andy Reid. He's going, oh, that's a great coach. I think I'm a great coach, right? Let's use that premise. Kyle thinks he's a great coach, as he I think he should. I'm watching Andy Reid with Patrick Mahomes. I'm seeing the different Belichick. He's great, but Belichick with Brady is very different than Belichick six. How about, six how, with how about the guy with the How about the guy with the Saints? What he's doing with his little guy? Yeah, but I mean, but but he's looking at yeah. Well, exactly. I'm just saying, like, if you're him, you're going. You know who wins Super Bowls? It's the really good coaches with the really good quarterbacks. It's not the really by and large. It's not the really good coaches with. Oh man, I'm squeezing every ounce of juice out of this guy. No, I mean, he's got to be watching LaFleur with Rodgers going, that's what I want it to look like, but it doesn't because I can't hit a throw 20 yards down the field unless I scheme it up, and even then we can't hit it consistently, right? That's the other part. He's seeing He is seeing his offense be run by a superstar quarterback in Green Bay. Yeah. He's like, well, why would I choose to yes. not try to be that if I could try and be that? Well, and I think he's seeing his offense be run by a guy in L.A. that is probably pretty average, and they're consistently pretty good. Yeah, but also he beats them. 
Right. And he beats them. He knows yeah. he needs but better But they than win that. a t- but I think he just but he just sees them play all these other games and they're going to win every year 9 to 12 well, games exactly. for four straight years. Yeah. So he goes, "God damn, that, that that to me the issue with Jimmy is is his biggest issue right now is well, last night he watched the game up in the stands. Right. Like we've talked right. about would and you rather have him or golf? Financial all that. But right now, I mean, golf plays basically every week. Well, I get I get back to the Herm Edwards thing. Like I think we laugh at it, like best abilities availability, ha <laughs> And then all of a sudden you a guy misses, you know, basically a year and a half in three and a half years, you go, Well, you can't What's this? You can't make the club in the tub. You can't help the club in the stands. What happens? You just can't. Yeah, I mean, it, look, you'll be kicking yourself if next year you roll it back. You're all right. We got Jimmy. We're and then three weeks in, he's hurt again. You go. So what? We're just gonna do this again for the fourth Why, I was fifth looking time? At, I just year, went to Travis. I, I went to Travis Kelsey's page the other day, like just his stats page, just because just like he had that. The stat came up during Sunday Night Football. He had five straight a thousand yard seasons. I started thinking. It's probably pretty hard to do that if you're playing like a couple ten game seasons. He's missed one game since In 2015. And and for example, like you and I talked to George, and George was tweeting about like I saw he tweeted the other day how impressed he's like what a stud, what a legend, like Travis Kelsey. Like I think they view themselves the tight end group as like all buddies. One thing with George now is he just misses some games. Yeah. Like they part of Travis becoming an all time great, which I think George would become if he played. Was like you got to stretch together like three straight years where you don't miss a game because you will just dominate. Gronk, it was just so good for like that three or four year period, and then he just started missing. And games. also, he it was, was like playing he just in such high leverage, games. incredible games. Yeah. yeah, playoff. Games. They just have to find a way to keep their best players on the field. I think we'd agree with the quarterback thing, but just in general, they have no chance to win big. The Rams are a good example. The Niners are better than the Rams when they play each other. But the Rams, Aaron Donald plays every game. Jared Goff plays every game. Hell, like, Woods and Cooper Cup, every time I look, they're in the game. Like, they, 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 I think they were the most top-heavy team probably in the league, but they're top. Jalen Ramsey, like, oh, I saw Sean McVay was like, you know, he was only able to play 70%. He's battling through some stuff. He still plays. Yeah. Like, their guys do play. Well, the quarterback is also your healthy, highly skilled top 12 quarterback is your safety valve. Because I, I texted you. Know you. Who, do you know who the backup is for the Rams? Because I, I honestly don't. Is it Sean Mannion? I have a guess. That would be my guess, but yeah. I but, but part of the deal is it, it hasn't mattered one snap ever. Well, I I texted you the game Monday night. Uh, oh boy, I just know if you get Kyle a healthy team, he'll win ten games. And then I immediately realized, well, no one gets a healthy team every year. So healthy ish, right? Nobody's health like you. I agree with everything you just said. I'm just saying, like your quarterback who is a guy who can elevate everyone around him is your safety net for the fact that you are going to have 16 games. The odds of having all your players healthy for 16 games is just the nature of the sport doesn't allow for that, but you need you know that how many too. games. Russell, like Russell Wilson hasn't missed a game in his career. What, why did we see uh, the Tavares? Was it? Cause remember he like, there was one game where he like rolled an ankle came out for a play and like limp back in. He played a game, I remember, with a high ankle sprain yeah. like three or four years ago. Remember the guy, the TCU guy? Did he play for a minute, or did he never play for them? Earl, yeah, Earl remember he had, the bad, he had like the bad DUI with guns and drugs or yeah, something, yeah. And they cut him the next day? No. I, I, you just Part of the deal with the Niners, you learn your backup quarterback two ways, right? Your starter sucks, or he gets hurt a lot. And I think we've become pretty accustomed to just like, CJ and Nick are just part of the squad. Like, they're too big a part of the squad. They've become that over the last four years. Like I, the, you go for example, Seattle. 
I don't even know or care. It's like, oh, there's Gino eating uh, some popcorn on the sideline with uh, Pete. You know, like I just, you just want your backup quarterback to blend in. The Niners, their backup quarterback has become like a legitimate fixture of the squad because they play. It was, it was by the way, pretty rare to see Monday Night Football. Usually those guys just are on the sideline because of the mask. They're just sitting all up in the stands. And you saw the little sign yeah, that said, no one's there. It said SF play, which it was just the area for the players. <laughs> and it was just like, God, yeah. look at that squad up there in the booth. I know. All right, John, we have made some changes to our personal self-care routine. We've taken it to the next level with Hawthorne. Hawthorne.co. Use the promo code HAM. Get 10% off. I mean, it's everything. It's it's lotions, which I'm using nonstop because my hands are dry all the time. It's the shampoo and conditioner. It's the deodorant. It's the body lotion, different from the hand lotion. It's the aftershave face cream. It's the cologne, which is fantastic. It's everything. Yep. Hawthorne is a premium tailored personal care brand. We take the quiz. Just go to Hawthorne.co, uh, promo code HAM. Take the quiz. You tell them about like everything guy said, your hair, your your body type. You have oily skin. You have dry skin. Then they personalize, whether it's lotions, whether it's cologne, whether it's face wash, whether it's shampoo. Can't relate, but they do it for you, and it is awesome. Cannot recommend. Uh, just upgrade your self-care routine. Get, get with the times, guys. I got to tell you, the cologne by itself is worth checking it out for. Also, wouldn't you agree, these are pretty good gifts. Like, it comes, it's just sleek looking in addition to being, it just smells really good and it's it's premium quality stuff. But it also would make a great gift. So do what we did. Take the Hawthorne quiz today. Get the personalized self, uh, self-care self routine rolling. Hawthorne.co, promo code HAM, 10% off your first purchase. That's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E.co, promo code HAM, Hawthorne.co, promo code HAM. Do it now. Kind of in the same vein as what you said about Shanahan seeing elite-level quarterbacks and thinking, I need one of those. I, I was thinking something similar just watching Brandon Ayuk. Like, he will never fully tap his potential until he gets a quarterback that can throw the deep ball. So, you know, people were tweeting at me after I tweeted, he is op- he's always open. Get him Stafford. Because he is, John, he's always open. Which, you tell me, as somebody who's scouted in the NFL – the ability of a receiver to get open, that feels like sometimes the thing we don't really know. Like, I remember last year, right, we would talk a lot about Ruggs or Judy. It'd be like, these guys are just running open by 30 yards. How do we really know if they can get off coverage at the line of scrimmage? This guy, I think he's answered the question pretty quickly. Uh, he can do that. His trend has been shooting upwards the last four games with Nick Mullins. He's averaging over six catches a game the last four. He's basically a 100-yard receiver. He's got four touchdowns the last four games. He's got explosive plays. He makes 65% of his targets or catches, which is like a DK number, like Tyreek, like guys that you're always throwing the ball deep to are the guys that catch. I was just looking today at the leaders. Those are the guys that are 65, like Keenan. All these other guys are like in the 70s and 80s. That's where I Like a Keenan, Michael Thomas, That's where I should be. Because right now you're not throwing them the ball that much down the field, right? Like how is – but they just – once they get a better quarterback, then I see. I think we'll see his best. But already, he's fantastic. I, I saw a stat today: twenty-eight percent of the Niners' targets the last four games since he's come back are going his way. Well, he's had two. So, he's had like a fourteen and an eleven target game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's. I didn't envision him being this good. Maybe I underestimated him. Like I, I held the guys. It might. It might have been the hype. When you say of all the first-round guys, we had the top three: Judy, Ruggs, CD. Huge hype. Uh, I say Justin Jefferson. Just he played at LSU. We all knew who he was. Yeah. Now he's he's become a star. <laughs> like I mean, I mean, he's shattering rookie records. I, I saw someone saying 
depending on how Herbert ends, he does have a chance to win Rookie of the Year. Like, his numbers could just be... They might make the playoffs. If he makes the playoffs, he's their arguably their best player on their team and has like 1300 yard season like he, he's got the bucks this week down. too john if he plays well against the bucks that'll only elevate him yes so like i think a little jalen rager and iuk me personally i didn't know that much about i knew more about iuk than jalen rager just because i've watched more pac-12 than big 12 uh and i know jalen had a down season last year but i just felt and it shows you i was wrong i thought Nikhil harry was gonna be a really good player and he's been i, I saw I someone Someone wrote in the Boston Globe, like, he's a bust. He's one of the biggest busts in Pat's history. Like, that's pretty crazy. But I, I, mean, I just, this guy flew under the radar real, a little bit. Real quick, John, sorry. Bill's inability to draft a receiver is kind of crazy. <laughs> he did He did have a touchdown against the Chargers. Now, it was a blowout, but I think it's clear this guy is translates much better in the league, right? He's faster. Good question. He's He plays really fast. I, I honestly think these guys... And this is why I think Justin Jefferson, I think Jalen Rager will be fine. I, I think Judy, I think Ruggs is going to be fine. You can't touch these guys. So when you're fast, you just – doesn't it feel like the play speed of fast wide receivers in the NFL, DBs are just always chasing them? I mean, they, that's literally their job to chase. But when I got to the league like a decade ago, a lot of guys could mirror – that's what I wrote in scouting reports a lot of time. This guy, his mirror skills are well. Who mirrors wide receivers anymore? Like, I think Diggs is going – Ain't nobody in the fucking league covering me unless I play Jalen Ramsey and I'm on the Bills. I never play Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, right. Like who? Who's? Who, where are the Revises? Where are? I mean, just Darius Slade the, did it against DK and it didn't matter. Well, and then he played Devonte and Devonte killed him. Yeah. Like they, he just—he's one of the better corners in the NFL and he is getting destroyed. I wonder if a lot of guys and it's just that used to play wide receiver would also play corner and then they kind of split fifty fifty. And now it feels like the overwhelming majority, because you catch touchdowns in college, so many, you throw the ball, it's gone like 85 to 90 to 10. Like, all those guys now play wide receiver. And the jugs machine, you can just work on your hands. And yeah. Like, just maybe a Brandon Ayuk or a Justin Jefferson 20 years ago, a couple of those guys would have been DBs. And they would have been like first or second round DBs. And now they're just all wide receivers. Because it's... It's going to feel like this again, guy, this draft coming up. It's just going to be... Well, Devontae Smith and uh, Jamar Chase are both going to be... I mean, we use... This could be a good draft, but they'll probably both be top 15 receivers. It's hard to know. I mean, they'll be top 10 talents. Whether Say that uh, Jamar Chase uh, and Devontae yeah. Smith. I wonder if like Justin Jefferson and Brandon Ayuk make teams like, let's draft another guy earlier and then get a wide receiver in the second round. That's yeah. probably how I'd approach but it. But I'm just saying I those need... two, will those two go in the top? Yeah, I mean, think about it. The Dolphins are going to need a wide receiver for two. Uh... Yeah, they're, they'll go high. But you're <laughs> right. High. I mean, there are just going to be a bunch of guys that, th- that position does feel like it ends up being really good value in like the 20s and the 30s. It's yeah. proven to be. I think the other thing with Ayuk is... Ideally, you want two wide receivers, and you want a good ebb and flow with the two guys. Like you don't want two guys to be the same. You want a yin and yang, and that's where I think the irony of the looking at the Vikings, like Thielen and Diggs, perfect for each other. Now Thielen and Jefferson balance each other out. And I heard Cousins on Pardon My Take, and they asked him, like, "Did you know right away?" He's like, "Yeah, to be honest, I didn't." <laughs> He's like, "I didn't know till week three or four when we thought he was only a slot guy, and we moved him out wide, and he's been killing it ever since." That's the thing about Brandon Ayuk. They had a role for him immediately, knew what they wanted him to do. Like, I think when we talk about rugs, 
it still feels like they're trying to figure out exactly how to use him. Yeah. Like Brandon, you can just play like a wide receiver. Well, just run slants, run curls, run goes. Like he kind of can do it all. I, like, I, where Debo, Debo's a little more scheme dependent. But luckily he's in the right spot. But you're right. Like he just yeah. might. Th- what he is at his best is what he is with Mullins or with you know Aaron Rodgers probably. Well, maybe that's not fair. Rodgers would help him to be better, but because he is but he gets a lot of balls within five yards of the line yeah. of scrimmage. But ideally, right? slants, he have end to. rounds. Like ideally, he could catch the ball down the field too, right? Like I think he has that ability. Yeah, like he does what he has to do right now. Like I, that's part of this. Is like I uke honestly, and I texted you this. He's he's what I thought rug, and I like rugs, but he's what I thought rugs was going to look like. Well, guy, in a perfect world, you would have three guys that perfectly complement each other. Ayuk, Kittle, and Debo. Right. Like, just those three guys, they all do. Because I watch the Chiefs, you just go, Kelsey, Tyreek, and Mahomes are just like the trip. Like, they just, they all do different things. Obviously, one's a quarterback, but they just complement each other perfectly. And even watching that Sunday night game, when Sammy came back in, you got Sammy just running these quick outs and ins, and it's like he's kind of working the intermediate game. You got Tyreek flying all around, and Kelsey just abusing linebackers and safeties. And you're like... The ebb and flow of the offense is perfect. And that's where I think, like, the Rams are a good example. Like, all their guys kind of do. Cup works quick. Robert Woods, a true wide receiver. They got the tight ends. You want balance. And the Niners have created perfect balance of their group. Right? This guy's just immediately good. He's going to be good. Just keep these guys healthy. You have, you just, you got it. And sometimes with wide receivers... Hell, I think the Eagles are ready to cut Rager till last week he took the punt. It's like, okay, he, can, he might be able to make some plays. How about Ayuk's little punt return? That's the other thing. Like, he can do that. He had a nice little punt return uh, um, on the uh, – on the. you remember it because it was the only punt the Bills had. I, I, I find it, and I get it. When a guy becomes this good this fast, I get a little – No, no, I wouldn't put him – they had to put him out there. I just – I'm with yeah. you. I wouldn't do it either. By the way, I, I, I would sign this offseason just a, just a punt kickoff guy. Like, that guy's just their job. And he plays special teams. Cordero Patterson actually has become like the most elite special teams guy ever. Pull up some return. Yeah, I mean, at least the league in returns. And he's the gunner. Like to me, now there aren't, it's it's a little bit like the NBA. Like how many wide receivers are you going to come across? Like here's what I want you to be. I want you to be my kickoff man. I want you to be my punt returner. And I really want you to dominate as a gunner. They'd be like, fuck you. And maybe I can right? use you in some special packages as a running back. You're like, you know, it pays pretty well. You know, it can pay you like a three and a half, four a year. And like, I'd rather be a sweet wide receiver, even if most guys aren't going to become that. Like, they just look at what the sure. top guys make. Even if I'm a roll guy, I can get to 10, sure. right? And I don't have to get get slammed as a gunner. I, I give Correll Patterson a lot of credit. He adapted. Now, he might have been forced into it, but he pivoted and just... I'm watching him. I watched the Bears game the other day, just on condensed version. He's going to have like a three or four more year window of just being known as like the the Matt Slater on steroids. And I, I, I'm with you. I didn't think that. I thought he was like out of the league three or four years ago. By the way, who do you think the closest person to DK Metcalf in the league is right now? In what? Just being DK. Like that effect. Uh, I mean, it's I'd say Tyreek's probably the, the top guy even more than DK. I'd say those two guys are just on a tier by themselves. Yeah. Well, my point is like, just looking at the numbers, Justin Jefferson's right there. Because Ty DK leads the league in yards, even though he's got 98 catches, right? Diggs has 121 catches, which is the most catches. Uh, actually, Keenan has 133. That's the most. 
Are those targets or catches? Oh, sorry, targets. Uh, most catches is... I th- doesn't Diggs have 90? I oh, that's today. right. You were t- yeah, Keenan and Diggs have 90. Sorry, I was looking at targets. But DK but, but leads... wouldn't you say they're going to they're gonna end up around 120? If they just keep which going. Is Keen, which Keenan rolls out of bed and has game. 120 catches. Yeah. Uh, DK leads the league in, in yards. He's almost 18 yards per catch. Ty, uh, Justin Jefferson, 17. And he's fourth in yards. Tyreek's third in yards at 15 because Tyreek has more catches than those two guys. Really, I mean, Kelsey, Kelsey's second in yards. <laughs> he's a monster. Kelsey has more catches than Tyreek. He's got more catches than... You want years to take? Kelsey has almost as many catches as DeAndre Hopkins and for more yards. Non-quarterback, offense and defense. Is there a better... Because remember when Kelsey got paid and we're like, God, he took less than Kittle? Remember he was like kind of a team friend? Right. It was like an add-on to his extension? Yeah. Is there a better contract given what he produces in the NFL? Because all those guys you're listing, like if DK, he's only in year two, but when when he's contract extension eligible, it's going to be like 25. It's going to be enormous. They got Kelsey on a deal that I think that pays like 14, 15 a year. Maybe it's like 13. And he's he is just as productive as all these guys, right? As receivers. And you watch him, you go, yeah, he just kind of looks like a receiver too. He's I mean, just a but mismatch he's bigger. everywhere. Yeah, I, I think the receiving core, I don't know if there's like a Randy Moss plan right now, a guy that's going to go down as like two or three best all time. No. But it's got guys that, who would you not want out of this group? Because DK and Justin Jefferson, I mean, they're like 21 and 22 years old. Imagine what Justin Jefferson's going to be like in a couple years. Honestly, that's one of the all-time just win-win trades. You get Diggs for 22, we get Justin Jefferson. I don't think I don't think either team... Diggs is clearly their best player, right? Him and Allen. And then clearly for the Minnesota Vikings, who are sneaky in the playoffs right now, uh, I don't think they would trade having Justin Jefferson on a much cheaper contract. And it sure seems like everyone loves the guy. Terry McLaurin. I love... I, I, as much as I hate lose-lose trades, I love a good win-win trade. Win-win trade, trade. God, yeah. It's just, <laughs> just sweet. A little basketball content for you, Middlecoff. <laughs> Steph Curry asked on Monday... Uh, about whether there's been discussions about a, a contract extension, which um, he could sign here before the season gets going. He says, we've have, we have we have conversations. Everything's on the table right now. Uh, December 22nd is when the when the uh, Warriors open against Brooklyn. Uh, that's when he could that that would be the deadline to sign the extension. Uh, Bobby Marks wrote that uh, the extension that he could sign is three for 156. That'd be the maximum. Which, uh, if you divide by three, and well, actually, it's not really divided by three. It, he just said it would be forty-eight million, fifty-two million, fifty-six million. Steph still has two years left on his current contract, so that would be. Two I'm no math now. major, but averaging about fifty-two million dollars a year. Yeah, yep. That would that would be. And then the other part of it is he could turn that down, or just ex- they could not extend him. Whatever they don't reach a deal by then, he could sign a four-year, two hundred fifteen dollar max extension. Next offseason, which would again be around fifty-four million, and we take him through uh, the uh, year where he turns thirty-eight years old. He's thirty-two right now, thirty-three in March. You don't need to be. By the way, oh, uh, one other note, John. What's that? You want one, you want one other element here? Joe Lacob yeah. is about to pay uh, an NBA record three hundred million dollars for his salaries this year <clears throat> with the the luxury tax. You don't need to be an economist major to realize that. One, just America, slippery slope right now in terms of the economy and the lockdowns and just what the ramifications are going to be 
the next several years with the shutdowns of businesses and poverty and just the way everything is going. I think the NBA is like that in a micro bubble where it's pretty clear economically they've gotten to a weird spot where the league is by no means doing as well as they have been. They have a television contract coming up. The prices of players are extraordinarily high because the amount of guys, when I saw De'Aaron Fox get a $170 million contract, and we don't even know if the guy's ever going to make an all-star team. I went, yeah, I think the league's in a weird spot. Or the playoffs. Steph, who is one of the, yeah, one of the more accomplished players, I mean, in league history, multiple back-to-back MVPs, three MV, you know, three rings. Fantastic player. In what world, if you're the Warriors, would you be thinking about giving him a contract extension with two years left at a rate that's huge? It's not he's not underpaid anymore. He got the Supermax deal. But Steph, because if I was Steph's money guy, if I was Steph's agent, if I was in Steph's... They love saying this about basketball. They say, Basketball players and golfers both talked about the same. His team. His team. His camp. Like his team. His I mean, camp. Yeah, he's on a fucking... He has a his group... You mean his teammates? No, the, the seven guys that are around him. Like they, they talk about like the guys around Ricky Fowler the same as they would Draymond or LeBron or Steph. Like his, his camp, his team. It's like, no, he actually has a team. Right. But that's just part of the deal. Yeah. The Word NBA out of his camp a, is. Uh, they don't talk about that in bat, in baseball, and they definitely don't talk about that in Nobody football. Nobody has a Football, your agent. camp is is the training camp, A. And your team <laughs> is your wife and your kids. Yeah, your wife, kids, maybe like a dad that played in the league, <laughs> and like your agent. That's, yeah, like that's... the Bosa's had a, had a dad involved on their team, on their camp. <laughs> but that's the way basketball works. And I'd be pushing this. i go, Steph. This NBA season could be really weird. If we just, as we're recording this, the Michigan-Ohio State, games are getting canceled left and right. I I saw the other day in college basketball, maybe over the weekend, 35% of the games were canceled. It's just really had I've had two basketball games. Yeah, games canceled. How many college football games you had canceled? One. One of my six. So you've had three. Well, one of my five so far. I got one more this week, but. You've had three games canceled on you in a two-week span? Two out of the little. Well, no, I mean. A couple, you know, a month and a half. But I've had two basketball games out of the three canceled. So this season's going to be very hard to play. Yeah. And I think that 72 game, I, I I would guess it might have a chance to get to like 50. The economics of the league are going to come back to earth. Like, I don't think it's random. Now, I think clearly LeBron, their team's good. He's with the Lakers. It makes sense. When is it ever ever been LeBron's MO to do a, a full-out contract extension before he has to. He never needs to. Even if he starts sucking, he's still LeBron James. The Lakers have proven with Kobe that's they would pay him. He signed that $85 million deal. To me, that was a pretty... And he. I'll give him one thing. He knows the money. Like he, Money follows LeBron, and he did that. That was like, oh shit. He kind of knows that... Are the days of guys making $40 million in five years, does it come back to like $20 million? And listen, $20 million is still a lot. But th- that contract you listed about Steph, if you could get, let's say the Warriors would give him three years. 120? 42. Yeah. yeah, 42 a year or something. Like, fuck. Sign it. That is much different you, you than the three years. You, 65. You wouldn't offer that right now with two years left on the deal if you were the Warriors, would you? No. Like, oh, I wouldn't I offer him anything. Would sign I'm it. not offering a contract extension. Yeah. I'm not doing it. I I don't even know if I do the LeBron. Just because at least they they're the Lakers, they just won. They have Anthony Davis. Like, I, if I'm the Warriors, I got way more unknowns. Listen, Steph played a handful of games last year. Like, I just 
it's terrible bit. I completely understand why Steph wants a contract extension. It's all money. And he knows the money might dry up to the levels in which he's become accustomed to. The Warriors cannot sign this deal. That They'd be nuts to, uh, yeah, I think. I agree. I also think part of this sets up. It wouldn't. Uh, my prediction will be that at some point he will sign an extension with the Warriors. Not. I'm not saying in the next few days or months. I think assuming he plays well. Yeah, yeah. I, right? just, as long as he's healthy. Well, I, my point is he'll have another Warrior contract. I think it is, at the end of the day, they do want him to be a Warrior. But to me, the only way that happens is if he takes less than whatever he can. he actually can. I think he'll have to take less money than will be maximum the maximum allowable amount. And I think do you know that Draymond do you know Draymond Green's twenty five million dollars a year starts this season, his four year contract? I mean these Yeah. Do you know, do you know Clay Thompson? Clay Thompson is now in year two of the five one ninety. I do. And he's yeah like it's I know. The 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 Warriors in a weird spot are an economic disaster given that they're surely not going to have any fans this year. The amount of money they lost at the end of last season Potentially, if they miss the playoffs this year, the amount of money they're spending on a roster that is not going to win them a championship this year. And I don't think people know this, and it's not that like it's kind of stupid, but it's not stupid to Joe. They're like the Lakers; their television deal is enormous. The Warriors, because they signed their deal, you know, a decade ago, is on a sh- sh- much shittier deal than what they became. Like they are not on the high end of getting just fifty million dollars a year from Comcast. Like they're just deal small relative to what it's going to be. So I think the the Warriors went, if you told me the pandemic didn't exist, and even if Clay got hurt and they were going to make a ton, I'd be like, yeah, I could see the Warriors just giving Steph an extension. He'll be in his mid-30s. He'll translate well. He's their all-time great player. But I think with the economics being way up in the air, there's a reason Steph, once he was asked this question, went into a long soliloquy about, like, I believe in this place. I want to be here. Kind of put all his chips in the middle of the table. Like, it ain't me. I want to be here. Will they extend me? Yeah, I, but again, like, I, yeah, we want to extend you, but we don't. I do wonder if part of that is, hey, when I take less, when I take 45, 42, 30, whatever the number is, just know I could have demanded 55, right? 52. Well, I, I do wonder if that's part of the psychology but of it see, down the road. But, but here's, the, here's the elephant in the room, though, guy. What if the next couple of years he's a shell of his all-time great self, but he's still like, you know, a borderline, an all-star, but like the, not the top five or six all-stars, but like one of the last five or six all-stars and he's no longer a 45 million. Well, yeah, there's no question. I'm just saying, but he'll have to take, they they just not going to, especially the cap is flat this year, right? It's one Oh nine. There is a, there is a chance in two years. He's a $20 million player, not a $50 million player. I think unless he's willing to take a lot less money, he probably won't be on the team. I just think this, this might end with him taking a significantly lower number than what, is maximum because here's the other thing: Are other teams? Do you think be- he signs an extension in the next two weeks? No, I don't know because the Warriors. Not pretty, just, yeah, just say well, let's just play it out. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think anyone, no one's going to blame him for that. Not a soul because like he won't. Well, he's still under for that. No, he's still under contract for like ninety million dollars the next two years. Yeah, <laughs> right. But I, but here's the other thing: Is what's the market? If he's a twenty million dollar player in three years, is the every other team is dealing with this too with owners that are far less willing to go to this level financially than Joe Lacob has been well, willing when everything was well, great. So it's yeah, like he's he going to hit the He mark. did not mention huge numbers or max contracts. He just mentioned he wants to be here. I just think he's throwing it out there like, hey, yeah, guys, uh, but, but I want to be here because it, it could get weird. What I'm saying is he the market for him at a $50 million, teams aren't going to be throwing – no one's throwing that money around. Forget about just his own – his own team throws money around more than any other team when it comes to salaries. 
So what is his free agent number going to be even what the Warrior close to what the Warriors max number is going to be? Is it going to be 45 well, guys, million? Well, no, not if he's 30. Wasn't there isn't isn't there a chance old? at 30 isn't there a chance at 35 if he's diminished greatly and he's like, "Oh, he's still like maybe the last all-star in." Someone would overpay for the stardom, but still that's like 3 years 80 million or yeah, something, I, right? Yeah. But like you said, who's look around the league like these the, it's plummeting right his in terms of in terms of the max max like yeah you can get those 2 years 40 million dollar contracts that give get given away like candy but i think the max contract which he's talked about harden's talked about like even james james who is doing who knows what right now trying turned to get down traded. that he turned down that 2 years basically 102 million dollars which would have been the first 50 million dollar contract and he still has 2 years left so basically he would have signed a four-year contract, like these two years left and then two years on top of that at like basically $200 million. He says no. You could, I might say, James, he might just hate him so much and he's so rich it doesn't matter and that's clearly the case. That is pretty risky. Like there is a chance in two years there ain't a soul in the league. Maybe you've diminished, maybe you've gotten hurt. No one's giving you close to $50 million. Like right. I would say probably a decent chance that was not a great financial move because you can sign a contract and then demand out anyway. Especially if the cap is, let's say it, you know, let's say it goes up a little somehow next. Let's just be, let's be bullish and say that it goes up over the next two years, right? Even if then, you had to guess, if there's 72 game schedule, what would you guess most teams play? You agree they're not getting to 72, right? Yeah, no, it's 70. It's because basketball teams are too small. It's not like a football team where you can miss five guys and it's no big deal. You can and survive. Not everyone touches the, not everyone touches the ball. It's just, you just, it's hard to, I just it feels like it would spread to me, it's a just, faster you, in basketball. Yeah, I, but, but to me, it's just as simple as basketball. You travel with off days. So you have time to leave the hotel football. You don't travel with off days. You don't have time to do anything on a football yeah. road trip. Basketball, you spend two weeks on the road. So you've got all these off days on top of that. All it takes is four guys to get it, and now your roster's greatly diminished. Well, it's why most NFL coaches have said, in a weird way, their home base is their little bubble. Because you're there most of the time, then the guys just go home. They, and you're not allowed to go anywhere else. Because you, you're getting home late anyway. Well, we know. Like and most, yeah, we, exactly. We know what it takes for the NBA to play all their games. It's a bubble. That's what it takes. So, I don't, I don't, it's hard for well, me to guess what the number is. I think they'll be better than college. College getting... I got to think they'll be able to get more games in than Well, there is more incentive if you're an NBA player to be super focused for a paycheck. Yeah. So, but 60 would feel, if you told told me right now their teams play an average of 60 games, I would say that feels pretty good. I would agree. And then they do, you know, their their tournament in January, uh, and then they do a 30-team tournament for the playoffs. Well, when I I haven't read that much about it, but when I see like all-star breaks, like, guys, what are you doing? There's no all-star break this year. Maybe give them like three or four days off, but why would you want everyone going their separate ways? Like, there's just the one thing football doesn't do. There's no breaks. You just you got to plow. This is you got to plow through. Yep. But I already saw the comment is when LeBron. They're like LeBron. What'd you think when you saw the December twenty second start date? And his comment was like, "Oh shit, I was gonna be on a family vacation." And it's like, God, what, LeBron, what world are you guys all living in? Like, this is we're trying to get this to make all the money. But I understand where he's coming. He doesn't need any no, of the money. He but he wants the money. Yes. It's just the weird spot for a lot of these guys. Like, why does James Harden not give a shit? I don't know, because he has $200 million in the bank and none of this matters. Like, he, the, the NBA players, we've said this all along. I was talking to someone in the podcast business a couple, like a week ago, and they're dealing with this pro athlete who's in the podcast business now. And a guy that I think most people would be like, yeah, I bet he's probably hard to deal with. 
He's like, you tell him a time, he's waiting for me on Zoom. He's like, he's actually, he's like, his comment, I, I don't want to use the guy's name because it sounds like a slight, but this guy's really impressive. But if I just said the name of it, he'd be like, God, that guy's crazy. He'd be like, you, whatever you tell him, when do you need me? He's just very disciplined because football players, they're just used, they're very time sensitive, right? Meeting starts at eight. Breakfast is at seven. Lunch is at 12. It's just, it's very set up. Basketball is like, yeah, some guys get early to shoot. Other guys just do it their own. This guy doesn't like to practice. This guy. And I saw yesterday, Chris Haynes had this list of like, can't rest. You can't do all these things on the road. And my first fines. response was like, good luck. Yeah. Do you think the NBA players give a shit about their franchise getting fined $100,000? Especially if it's a good one. Like you see some of these comments about Kawhi and Paul George. Like it's just stuff that would not happen in the NFL. And it happens in individual sports. And, it, it's, and basketball, in a weird way, has become somewhat of an individual sport at the NBA level. Yeah, it's become an individual sport probably before that, right? And we've talked about this for years. Was it Ethan that wrote it? And people have talked about this, right? Like, your team is your is your endorsement deals because you're making more money from them. That's why you're taking, right? That's why Kevin can take less money with the Warriors, not because he's doing the Warriors a solid. I mean, actually, it worked out to be him doing But it's just more about your flexibility and your personal ability to be nimble with your decision-making once you're at a certain level of wealth is more important than necessarily getting the most that you can. It's not worth getting a little more, but it ties you up, right? It's not worth it. No. Urban, you know, we did the, your idea, Urban Meyer to the charges a few weeks ago. I guess it's still on the, I don't know, is it more or less on the table after he turned down Texas? And I heard Rick Neuheisel say on radio um, that Urban definitely turned down Texas, like that that happened, that they offered him a ton of money. He didn't say how much. That Urban was kind of leaning towards taking the job, him and his wife talk, the health issue, and they just decide not to do it. Uh, But that he kind of, he wanted it, but the health, his health issue is just too much. So I don't know. Does that make you feel? When I heard that, my first reaction was, ah, maybe, maybe he's less likely to take an NFL job than I thought. I mean, he clearly wants to coach again. I do think Texas is unique, right? And I saw you tweeting about this. Like they are not the way we talk about them in terms of the attractiveness of their job. They do have a ton of money. They can pay you a ton of money. They were going to have to pay, old boy, twenty five million to go away, basically him and his staff, right? But that's just a high-stress job. And one of the things I I think I heard Bruce Feldman say this on a podcast, maybe Rosillo asked him, like, would would Urban be hesitant to be talking with them while his former one of his former assistants had that job? And he insinuated, no, they do not have a good relationship. And if you remember, some of the leaks were that Tom Herman was the guy that outed the guy that created all that problem for Urban, right? right? Uh, Billy Smith or Jimmy Smith or you know whatever that guy that was like hitting his wife yeah, I don't and remember, but yeah. So, yeah the wide receiver coach think about this guy now two two years or two times over the last six or seven years I've heard pretty from a very credible source around Alabama that Saban was offered basically the hundred million ten year deal like the Godfather offer from Texas and he thought about it just because it was so much money had he peaked at Bama and just kind of came back to like you know like he was meant to be at Alabama. And, you know, looking back, like, isn't that the one? Nick Saban made the right decision. He should go down as just like, it's really now not just Bear Bryant anymore. It's Bear Bryant and Nick Saban. Like, it's just two guys. And that's pretty rare. Like, there will never, it's always going to be Coach K. It's always going to be like Tom Osborne. 
like when you get a Bear Bryant, it's just it's probably just always going to be Bear Bryant, and that's just not the case. And you could say honestly, in 20, 30 years, I would say Nick Saban gets talked about pretty more consistently than Bear Bryant, given how hard it was in the modern era. You couldn't stack your teams, how good college football was, how flat America was. But I do think Texas entices with huge money, and it probably made Urban think because he knows he could win big there. The conference is way easier than the SEC or the Big Ten. But I think college is way more stressful than the NFL. I've worked in both, and I've seen it. It's just now the the football part in football in the NFL is hard during the season. But the other parts, it's just so much more a little laid back during the draft time. It's not as you don't have to worry about what other teams are doing like could they sign this player? Like, if he's there when you draft, you can draft him, right? I mean, yep. it's just, you, you you can depend on your scouting community or your your organization to do more. I think the NFL, from if his health, and clearly it's real, it's way less stressful on him. And I think Texas would be, Florida really, I don't think Ohio State burned him out as much as that situation with that coach really fucked him up. It was really hard on him. Remember, he got suspended. Like, he was humming. And then that happened, and it was like, it just kind of fell apart. Florida, the stress. I remember someone saying to me when I was in the NFL, maybe it was Savage, like the stress of the SEC. And just once you start winning like Nick or Urban, you have to maintain it, or they think you're a complete failure. Like a bad, and Urban, I think, had talked about We saw this, it with like McElwain. They would, yeah, when they would win a game, in college football, but only win by 10, and they were a 30-point favorite, and it just, you got, you just couldn't take it. Texas, to me, is that exactly the same as Florida. Texas is the SEC, kind of the way they're talked about and the way it's covered. Guy, the Chargers would be the complete opposite. I actually think he could, in a weird way, be super famous, make a lot of money, but almost fly under the radar. And his team's good. Yeah, Like, if he was going to coach, I don't... If I was him, I would reach out to the, like, hey, guys, I'm interested. Because I don't know if Dean Spanos is a short-sighted thinker. He might never reach out to Urban. And maybe Tom Telesco would be nervous, too, because maybe he'd want his own guy. But I do think you could bridge a gap where you have a guy that's proven he can draft players. You have a team that's just a very under-the-radar team with talent. I I actually think it's just kind of a match made in heaven for him. If he's ever going to try it, and clearly if he's just interested to – the, the Texas message board, he was in Austin. Like, he is interested in coaching. How could he not be? He's great at coaching, right? He's just great at it. So why wouldn't he want to do it? And if it? you watch him on Fox Saturday mornings like I do, he is clear, like he is not up there just going all in on his – he does a really good job. I'm not saying – he. I don't want to sound like – but he is not up there. He's not there for, like, the camaraderie and the fun. Like, he's up there to teach football. He does, like, clock management breakdowns. Like, that's what he – he wants to talk about clock management. That's what he wants to talk about, right? Like, he is still all in coach mode. When you watch him, that's how I feel. Like, he, I bet, still watches a lot of film. He still talks to a lot of other coaches. Whoever he talks to, he still talks to. I don't, you know, I when I watch NFL CBS, like, I think Cower's just enjoying his life. Like, I don't watch Cower going, that guy just cannot wait to get back, get the whistle back around his neck. I don't get well, that. I think, I, think, I think Jimmy Johnson talks to coaches when they call him. Yeah, I mean, they all still talk to their friends, but they're not like, <laughs> what are the trends going on right now and how do I stay up on it? I don't think, yeah. right? Urban clearly still thinks like that. And I'm with you. Like, I think the college game is just so much more fanatical. Every program thinks that they should be better. And the difference, the primary difference, is that college programs have, quote-unquote, minority owners. But unlike the NFL, the minority owners call the shots in college, 
right? The donors. They call the shots. And Texas, the reason they could pay, you should be leery of any program that can pay $25 million for a coach to go away. Because that means when you get somebody to bankroll your $25 million buyout, those are people that now feel like they have a stake in your organization and in your team. That's what happens in college. In the NFL, you don't deal. There's no minority owners knocking on the door like, Coach, you know, we'd love to, uh, we'd love to see you blow out uh, Georgia this weekend. Like, nobody talks. Like, we'd love to see you blow out uh, the Rams this weekend. Nobody cares about that in the NFL. Did you win or did you lose? College is so much more about And then on top of that, one of his advantages is that he can really identify talent and recruit, right? Clearly, he's a very good recruiter. But in order to be, you don't get to cruise and be a good recruiter. You have to be diligent to be a really good recruiter. And that is 24 well, 7. We, we, There's two signing periods. We were just talking about. I mean, it's just. I know. We were just talking about the videos Lincoln Riley puts out. Clearly, Saban is so aggressive. It's not like Nick. I think where a lot of coaches fail as they get older, and I think we saw this with Mac Brown at Texas. I think we saw this. There's definitely other examples. The guys that have success, I think Jimbo at Florida State just didn't care anymore. You have to really care. I think Saban puts as much effort recruiting. Maybe it's he doesn't have to like his sell job is different, but just in terms of when he talks to guys, when they bring in guys to visit, you got to you got to go seven years ago. You got to go see him. Yeah, go see their high schools because guess what. Dan Mullen's doing it. Kirby Smart's doing it. Ohio State's going to do it. Michigan's, Lincoln Riley's doing Lincoln's it. Doing yeah. it. Yeah. Ryan Florida's Day's doing, doing it. it. Jimbo's Mullen, doing it. Yeah. So it's just it's Lane's going to be doing it. How much love are you giving now. them? Does matter to them because they're getting programs that are offering them all the same stuff. It does not matter in football. Besides, once you're on your team, how you deal with it, which Urban's good at. But even now, John, it I, does matter once they're on your team in college because they can just hop in the portal. Yeah, but I'm saying if, in, in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. It's still the, you can't just treat a guy like an asset. You do need to be a human, which clearly Urban once he's around him. Same with Nick, they have the best balance, and most of the best coaches do. Nick Saban, uh, Sean Payton, Bill Belichick, holding guys accountable, but also being a human. Right? You can't just be a dick twenty four seven. I think we all think Belichick. He's just like asshole twenty four seven. Yeah, I don't think he's like that with the players. I think he strikes the balance of they clearly like him. Right? I think most of the guys like Urban. Most of the guys. I think the Bama guys pretty consistently think they like Nick, right? They go, this guy changed my life. I think Calipari historically has been, he's screaming at those guys, but those guys know that like he plays a big role in their life to show that they care about him. And I think in the NFL, Kyle, McVay, Andy's probably the best at it historic, like the last 20 years. Mike Tomlin, you do have to have, and he does. And I, I think the hardest part, the question would be like, he would need to hire some assistants. But the one thing, like you said with Urban, he does know a shitload of guys. And he's consistently found guys, Ryan Day, Tom Herman, Fickle. Like somebody he does have a good – Dan Mullen. Somebody did on our – last time we talked about this on on our YouTube, did point out that Fickle, I guess, was there with – Fickle was there before. Was there. Yeah. So he inherited him. But I think we go different. I think Dan Mullen and Ryan Day and even Tom Herman. Like Tom Herman, if he gets fired, will get another job. It might not be Texas, but he will be the head coach at Iowa State or something. Like he's, he proved that he could win at Houston, right? It's just hard to win at Texas. It is. I mean, it's just, I, I was going back with Gottlieb on Twitter when he was like, Texas, you win 11 to 12. No, Mac Brown did that for like seven, eight years in the 2000s. Our, I've been alive for 36 years. If you bring up their numbers, they actually typically win eight to nine. And they they are not some the powerhouse program in the Big Twelve, 
by a country mile is the program in Oklahoma. It's not. Oklahoma is a vastly superior. But I think a little bit like USC. USC in my lifetime was dominant when Pete was there. Like Texas, it has not been that great. It's been good, but nowhere near like we talk about. If if, if this, if this, the money, this. It's well, never like no, that and for you whatever know, reason. I think part of it for those two schools is that, you know, when you when a coach gets the Nevada job, when a coach gets a job in Ohio, when a coach gets a job in a smaller state, what do they say? We got to put a fence up around this state. You know what a coach in California and Texas never says? We got to put a fence up around this state. Why? Because it's impossible. You can't do it. People mine your state for talent nonstop. And now more than ever, it's just easy. players are more likely to jump. It's just the world is smaller. Yeah. Now more. And those states were getting mined for talent in 1975. I know. Now, like, you're, what, what makes you special? Like Tom Brady went to Michigan in 95. Right. right. I mean, yeah. So DJ Williams, when we were in like junior high, went to Miami. So that's that's always been at and Texas, obviously the examples. It's never been that world was flat. That book came out, I think, when we were in like college or whatever. It's never been more prevalent and only growing. I mean, you're Is telling me you're, you're at uh, yeah. <laughs> you're at Oregon and you see the dude that's now, I don't know, the start gonna be the starting quarterback at Clemson. Where's he from? LA. Like that's Where's Alabama's backup quarterback from? Bryce Love, who's going to be the future quarterback next year when Mac Jones goes pro. Isn't he an L.A. kid? Yeah. So why, if you're in L.A., you just, and we've talked about this for a long time, it looks pretty cool to play at Alabama, doesn't it? If you're, if you're a college, if you're a football player, why wouldn't you like, yeah, I think I'd want to play at Georgia. That looks pretty fucking awesome, right? Like, yeah, I think I could see myself playing at Florida. <laughs> like, that's, that'd be fun. Clemson, it looks like they got it going on. What do all these kids do on Sunday? You sit back, feet up. Like, where's this guy from? Oh, the SEC, the SEC, the SEC. And what it just naturally happens. I think a lot of these analysts just end up talking. They, they are SEC guys. They start talking about the SEC. It's not even debatable. Who's making plays from Texas right now, by the way? Well, they, they just haven't been that good producing pros. But like the SEC turning become, out. I see more Utah guys than I see Texas guys. Wouldn't you say the SEC has just become much more in a weird way, normalized in terms of just, it used to be much more kind of an isolated, that's where the South South people played football. Now it's like, ah, I'd go play there. I mean, look at Jacob Eason a couple years ago, went from Washington to Georgia, and it wasn't even that weird. It's was like, yeah, I'd go to Georgia too, right? I mean, you just, when would 20 years ago, Jacob Eason just would have been the quarterback at Washington. Now, it might he might have still turned out to not be good, but he would not have gone to the SEC more than likely. I would say now it's almost an upset even at Washington's a really good program, like that guy stays if one of the big, big boys. And the one thing the SEC has for California kids over, I'd even say, like Tom Brady and some of the Michigan, Ohio State, it's not cold. Like if you're, if, if you live in, if you're from Fresno or from LA or from San Diego or even the Bay Area or SAC, would you rather go to Ohio State or Alabama? It, just, it is warm. Washington is getting Sam Heward, John, who's number one pro style quarterback in the nation in next year's class. Oh no. His dad National. his dad was. Yeah, it's there. a unique situation. If Sam Heward was Sam Haberman, wouldn't you say I would imagine all the SEC schools would have been on him? See, that's one I bet if you're Saban or you're Dan Mullen, where he tells I don't like, think you're it, just at a disadvantage. Well, his, you don't even waste that much. John, time. I'm just looking at his he doesn't even have like his offers are just no like Flor like Florida, but like people haven't they don't they're not even recruiting him. It's over. No. But if it it wouldn't be over right if he was Sam Eason. 
Right. Because he would just be, be a, more open-minded. Yeah, that probably. guy's been told Washington, Washington, Washington. I watched uh, Hewer's talk. Like he's he's a Seattle. Is he? Does he do Seattle? I guess so he's this a is, national broadcaster. This is Damon's son. Brock is his uncle. Brock is uncle. Yeah. But Damon and Brock both played there. Right. Correct? Correct. Yeah. So it's just like, it's, it's, a, it's a no-brainer. It's a little bit like back on a much lower level. Now, there's no, definitely no guarantee this guy's going to be as good as Derek. The reason Fresno State got Derek Carr was because of David Carr. And he, he loved know, Pat. He just, knew Pat Hill. But if, if, if Derek Carr had been Derek James, he goes to, Tedford wanted him. Utah right. wanted him. He just goes to the Pac-12. I guess Utah wasn't in the Pac-12 at the time, but... Uh, you taking Jalen Hurts in your DraftKings this week, maybe? We have a game uh, up, by the way. Use the promo code HAM when you sign up at DraftKings. Yeah, let me... I'm going to get in. I don't know. That's... Uh, Jalen Hurts uh, is starting. Did not. you tell me that today? Is that right? Do you, know, do you know what I need to do a better job when I build my fantasy team? Is think about the quarterback when I pick skill guys. Because I picked a couple Eagles. I don't know. I was like, oh, Richard Rodgers, good value. Even like Miles Sanders. Like, yeah, they just don't use those guys. You really need to approach fantasy because it's easy to be like, oh, I think Kirk Cousins can throw three or four touchdowns. And he, you know, quarterback, you kind of have a general view. You would never take Jalen Hurts. But sometimes I will take players. They're like, oh, I, I want to take so and so player. And then you realize this quarterback, like, what did I just do yeah. that for? Or they're going to be a team where they're going to be trailing and they're not going to use the running back. Like, it's easy to pick Nick Chubb, but you usually have to pick another kind of rando running back. It does take a lot more thought than just throwing it together to really have a shot. Because then I'll see some of the guys, I'll be like, oh, that, that lineup made sense. Right. <laughs> you know, like, not even a top 10, but just like the top 25. There's so many combinations, too. You don't have to overthink it. You just have to, you know, the guys that win by and large, just, you go, oh, wow, their quarterback was the Russell Wilson. But for example, I took Michael Thomas in Taysom Hill's second game. Now, granted, that was the Denver game where they didn't have quarterbacks. But it's like Michael Thomas probably isn't a great pick as long as Taysom Hill's playing because yeah. he could easily have a three or four catch game. Even though Michael Thomas, when you see him, you're like, God, I just want Michael Thomas on my right. team. But actually, you don't, you know? And that's where I've listened to enough podcasts like Matthew Barry. He always talks about it, but I never really played. So I never have really, it's become a thought process in my mind. But I've, I've learned it through, I don't know, giving away probably $250 the last two years. Lesson learned. Maybe this <laughs> yeah. is the week. But it still takes a lot of effort to think that know, way, you know. I know. Uh, so Jalen Hurts is starting. We got oh, th- you know, that, Thursday. That is pretty. I mean, just in a vacuum, Carson Wentz got benched. Great. Now, there's two different kinds of benchings, right? For 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 play related, though. Yeah, but I'm just saying, there's there's benching. You might lose your job benching, and there's. I guess anything's possible, but his contract is. I so know, but still, guy, it did come to he got benched. No, I. You're I'm right. not but, trying to diminish it. It's. I, if you told me when they drafted Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts will end up starting over a healthy Carson Wentz this year, I would have said you're crazy. There's no way that Jalen can look that good. And the answer well, when is you he say doesn't the, have to be. He doesn't have when to When you look. say the reason they got crushed for the pick was because why would you take a guy that's never going to play? Yep. That To me, that was the number one reason. Same with Jordan Love. Wait, you took a first-round quarterback? And with Jordan Love, it was like, you're not going to play for several years. With Jalen... It was like, well, even if Wentz stinks, he's going to be the starting quarterback for at least another ye- minimum a year. Like, what do you two probably? Guy okay, starting, and honestly, what if he's good? Is that that's the Eagles' worst nightmare if he is good? But is it? I mean, it is. But isn't it worse to have like Carson's money is Carson's money no matter what? 
I, I, like in theory, it's the worst nightmare because then they have a problem. But th- it, this that would be a better problem than the problem of just having Carson with no other path to finding a quarterback. Okay, they're they're both one hundred percent healthy. Would you say the overwhelming odds are Carson Wentz their week one starter in two thousand twenty one? Yeah, but but I would also say if Jalen's good, then it's like okay, Carson, go beat him out, as opposed to just. Jalen stinks and Carson stinks, but Carson has to start because he's got the contract. At least if Jalen's good, Carson would have to actually beat him out to get the job. Because that would be, let's say, okay, let's say he is good, and they just go, we're going to go open competition this this offseason. Carson, under no circumstances, like, if I put any good quarterback in an open competition against Jalen Hurts, they're going to like their chances. Like, you should just beat them out. Right. Like, it is kind of then on you. Yeah, and it's like you're paying Carson. This money is lost money. It's sunk. It's a sunk cost either way. Yeah. So maybe a real competition brings something out of them because the worst thing you could have is in two years, you're like, well, Carson's obviously not coming back, and then you have nothing. Well, the best-case scenario, Jalen balls. You go open competition – Carson beats him out, and then you got a good trade asset. Yeah, and the second best scenario is Jalen Balls is just better than Carson, and at least you have you the s- answer. You say you have a quarterback, it, yeah. and you're paying Jalen nothing relative to what yeah. starting quarterbacks make. So it's the old like Kaepernick, Alex Smith thing, but on a much bigger scale in terms of the finances. I know it's a sunk cost, but it is a cost. And I'd say it's the worst position to it's ever NBA be. It's NBA money is what they're paying Carson Wentz. Yeah, I mean, at least they have an option, but it's a pretty big disaster. Yeah, I know. It is. Uh, Pat's Rams, thank you, Bill Belichick, for making that a good game on Thursday night. Thank God. I mean, Patriots win that game. They're over 500. Vikings, Bucks. I mean, we'll get into more games in the next pod, but... Um, that's, that's, that is a good Thursday night game. Like, they've won, th- I think, I looked, three of their last four games... Uh, the Patriots for a split second when they were like the Niners level, I, I was thinking, are they going to win like three or four games this year? It just speaks to his greatness because they have no business. I'd say they're going to end up worst case eight and eight, maybe nine and seven. That's pretty incredible with Cam Newton. Who are we sure he's in the league next year? Uh, he's not. I mean, nobody's paying him a bunch of money to be their starting quarterback. But but he doesn't make any money this year. No, no. I I, yeah, I mean that's a good question. Um, I think if he did because you asked me. About RG three, I remember we talked about RG three. Like, how's he even in the league? I do think that can't you would just you'd rather have Cam Newton than RG three. Yeah. Like, if you get Cam Newton for he's clearly Belichick likes him. Like, the one thing I'd say about Cam Newton, he's fit in there is a pretty good thing for him. It's like, yeah, actually, people like him. He's a grinder. Belichick raves about him. Like, there is no you know he's too big for the program. You don't hear any peep about money or anything. He just he he actually plays. The, the reason they're winning is because he rushes. Right, he's clearly right. willing he's to not play afraid a way to run. that doesn't make him money as a free agent. I, you know, in a weird way, he's not any good passing the ball. I've earned a lot of respect for him this year. Like, just to go in there, blend in, and just do what they're asking. Because I, I remember when Pat Hill said about Ryan Matthews, he's leaving about week two. Let's ride him like a thoroughbred. What are the chances that Bill Belichick looked at Josh, you know, and they or they looked at each other like, yeah, we're not going to be able to throw. He's like, just run, yeah. motherfucker. And, and Cam's not ignorant to what's happening. Like, clearly they're using me a certain way. This is not the way that makes me $20 million, right? But but it, but it might keep him in the league. It might. Right? I, you know, uh, he's also, that commercial... Wouldn't you, di- wouldn't you sign him if you were the Ravens as a backup? Sure. That to me is your only option. Yeah. Like, I don't know where else he goes. <laughs> uh, if, um, 
Oh, I was just gonna say his commercial with the assistant locker room attendant, the like uh, det- detergent commercial. It's pretty funny, by the way. Have you seen that commercial? With the guy's like, hey, I'm the assistant locker room attendant for the New England Patriots, and he's wearing like what Cam wears. He's got like a, a a silk scarf and like a huge hat and like the high pants with the sockless loafers and and then he's like, and it, and what I what I put this in the clothes, it makes him soft. And then it cuts to Cam wearing like the same thing, watching TV. He's like, I didn't know we had an assistant locker room attendant. It's a really good commercial. <laughs> I gotta check that out. That's awesome. Uh, if they win, like here's the AFC playoff picture. They're kind of unlucky that the 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 Patriots are unlucky that the Raiders and Colts play this week. Because if the Patriots win, obviously, you know, we're recording this on Tuesday, Sunday night football, uh, Tuesday night football. If somehow the Ravens were to lose, they'd be six and six. The Patriots are six and six. If the if the Raiders lose, they're seven and six. If New England wins, they're seven and six. Right, like the problem for them is either Indy or the Raiders is going to win. So either Indy's nine and four or the Raiders are eight and five. Now I guess maybe Miami could lose, and they're you, eight you, and five. If you're if you're the Pats, you want the Raiders to lose. Yeah, because that just them. gets you right up to that. And maybe you can you know, then you start chasing Miami, right? Because maybe Miami loses, yeah. you they play again. Yeah, they play again. The Bills still play them again. Like they they could lose they. You feel pretty good about knocking Miami off. You catch Miami. New England's got Miami, Buffalo, and the Jets. Yeah, so could they go ten and four, ten and six? Could you see any scenario if New England is out of it and they can't make the playoffs week seventeen that Belichick throws that game just by every one of his good players in street clothes? Like I'm not risking Gilmore tearing an ACL. I'm starting Stidham. I, I let's say they're seven and eight or whatever. And, he and just, the Jets he are can't winless. make the playoffs. And, and if if they lose that game, the uh, if the Patriots lose that game on purpose, they have nothing to gain. You're right? saying out then of the playoffs. just to keep Trevor Lawrence. Off the, the Jaguars Jets. will get the number one overall pick. I mean, because I don't yeah. think anyone would hate on him for doing that. You just I think do it he'd and, rather. He he would not do that if something to play for. I agree there. But I'm saying nothing to play for, no matter what happens. No scenario he's out. I of. also think like, and this doesn't make I think he would he does want the Jets. Like he would enjoy the Jets beating the Jets and they have a winless season. He would enjoy that. But he knows the greater injury to them is keeping them from getting. But he might look at it like I don't want him to have Justin. Maybe he thinks Justin Fields is scary. Like maybe he doesn't want them to have Justin Fields. And and there's also a he doesn't He's seen so many guys not live up to the hype. Is he really that? I think he like, would take satisfaction with... in them going unbeaten. I mean, winless. I do think there is a chance that if he truly thought this guy was great, he would throw that game by literally just sitting guys. Yeah. Like, hey, just all my DBs, but he, McCourty's, but he still might be able to Gunners. Beat the Jets. But I would say this: what you just saw against the Raiders, like if they just have a bunch of backups and Gase and and Darnold and all the receivers are healthy, like they could just score some points. Put put his kid in charge of the game. He he could do whatever. You're right. I I think he would get joy in seeing them be winless. But I think he would get a lot of credit, like he just fucked the. But Jets. he might also get joy out of like Trevor Lawrence being in the division and him just beating him. To, you know, like I'm gonna like Trevor Lawrence because somebody told. Did you tell me this or somebody else told me this? Like the second. You th- just all it took to bet against the Chargers this week was just to th- realize Belichick against a rookie quarterback. Yeah, were we talking about that? I don't think so, but, but that's right. Yeah, I mean, so anyway, I did, I should have thought about I, that. Yeah, we I all should have. 
but we didn't. But <laughs> but the point is like, is Bill afraid of Trevor Lawrence? That's the point. No, I see. That's why to me, I, I don't think he's afraid of any of these guys. Just, there's little chance Trevor Lawrence as a rookie is as good as Justin Herbert, and Belichick just made Justin Herbert took him to the woodshed. I mean, absolutely destroyed him. So yeah, I I just get back to I don't think he's consumed. With, I think he for every Andrew Luck, and he remember he owned Andrew Luck. I, I think he'd probably you're right, he probably would get more satisfaction. You are such a loser franchise, zero sixteen. Yeah, I think if we like did like a exit poll on the Raider on the Patriots locker room, Travis Kelsey uh, on the Patriots locker room when they come out of the locker room to step onto the field against the Jets, I think every one of those players would think Bill Belichick wants to win today. Yeah, I agree. I've t- I've convinced myself. So, all right. On that note, you, okay. Adios. After the end of a good fight. You deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.